0: Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Charlie. I am very excited to introduce this episode as the first in our series of our Say Hey campaign for January Health and Wellness Month. In each episode, we'll talk with local experts on different aspects of health and wellness, debunk some myths, and offer some insight and resources for achieving your own state of wellness in the new year. This week, I am joined by experts from Powered by Movement Fitness Center, or PXM co-owner and head coach, Sanad Derpuliani, and PXM's wellness leader and coach, Leah Casey. PXM's mission is to help you understand, redefine, transform, and reshape your connection with fitness through strong community connections and personalized health plans covering fitness, nutrition, and body awareness. Hello, Sanad, hello, Leah. What's up, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me today for the first episode in our health and wellness series. I'm very glad to have you. (laughs) Thanks
1: for having us. Yeah, thank you for the invite.
0: Of course, of course. So I always start just by getting a little bit of background on our guests. And uh, I'd also love to hear not just about your personal journeys with fitness, but your sort of individual specialties, the aspects of health and wellness that you get most excited for. Sanad, why don't we start with you? All righty.
1: Fitness, man. Um, <laughs> I love fitness. Always did, always have. What got me into fitness? My whole life I've been in sports uh, since a young age. My main sports were water polo and kickboxing. I just enjoyed everything about it. Like, I enjoyed the discipline. I love being part of a team. Uh, it was really fun for me to, you know, create a group outside of my original group of friends. Also, like the competitive nature of every sport that I did. Originally, I come from Macedonia, which is a really small country, far, far away. Moved in America 11 years ago, literally in pursuit for fitness career. And uh, what was really interesting was that I stumbled upon CrossFit in Ohio in a barn. (laughs) uh, Believe it or not. That's very CrossFit. Yeah, that's (laughs) very CrossFit. I got exposed to it. And I remember even my first workout that humbled me quite well it was like wall balls and running or something like that. But the whole idea behind it was that I discovered realm that I didn't thrive. It was new to me, it was exciting. And uh, I just wanted to, I was like, okay, this is a good way for me to start exploring this area, right? So I moved in Chicago. And eventually I got, uh, I found a gym, it's called Edgewater CrossFit, and it was uh, literally in Edgewater. <laughs> um, so um, started there, I had this innate desire of helping people, I, it was just always there my whole life. Uh, it was easy to coach, it was easy to teach. I'm curious by nature, by myself. Like I, I just love exploring, I, I'm not limited to, I also don't label myself and put anything as I'm this, I'm that. I'm just like, literally, I see fitness as a spectrum. So when CrossFit, you know, kind of came into my life, it was like, oh, we do gymnastics. Oh, we do conditioning. Oh, we do strength, right? So all of that with the idea of coaching and teaching people Lynn made my first job as a coach in Edgewater CrossFit. Eventually developed into a full-time job for a full-time job. I became a head coach or, you know, main kind of leader. Uh, I was doing most of the hours over there. And eventually, you know, as that evolved, we bought the place out. You know, Lamont and Ben Owen. So Lamont, Lynn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with my two partners, now we're, we're only two people owning PXM, but we used to be three. We bought ed- Edgewater CrossFit. And we got into uh, literally the new location in PXM Fitness. Has been really fun, five and, and a half years of interesting things happening with plus the COVID times and everything. But uh, one thing that really, really stood out that no matter how how hard the business aspect got out of it or you know, training got hard, whatever it was, it was just meeting wonderful people and trying to coach them and teach them. And it just like staying that loop of constant education technically right i mean that's kind of like in a, in a really like small timeline how it happened right but there's a lot more to be said yeah, right here yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i've spoken to you a little bit before that you also are very passionate sort of about the science behind fitness and your body yeah. and how things work as opposed to just you know the physical f- fitness and working out aspect of it there's i've i've heard you speak very passionately about just how the body works so interesting fact about me, not athletic right? I'm
1: not athletic. Uh, people assume this, <laughs> people, people assume this, but I didn't, gr- I, I wasn't like genetically, let's say gifted or I didn't, you know, sports were not easy. It's just, I had this ability to persevere, right? To stay long enough till I figure it out. Yeah, your question is actually legit. What, why I got so intrigued by it because it was always like a question mark and a puzzle. Why cannot, I, I can't do that. Why I, why? why? You know, that that was the biggest thing. And then when you start kind of getting into that thing, the science of things, and you l- realize literally that you need to start connecting things within yourself, right, understanding the muscles on a m- uh, micro level and how the joints operate and what the tendons do. And then, I mean, we call it science, but I will call it just like a basic body awareness, you know, like, mm-hmm. and knowledge. And when you start kind of just get deeper into that and you start developing that idea, you know, like, okay, so, oh, this is this muscle. This muscle is designed to do this. Oh, okay, so this position needs to be kind of reinforced here. And then you start getting, you know, you start seeing results. But the best thing about it is like when you get a client and you're like, oh, let me see, like, this worked for me. Let me see if I can apply it right now. Mm -hmm. And then once you start applying it, they're like, holy moly, like I, you know, I don't feel this pain anymore. Oh my God, or I lifted this weight, or, you know, I can do this now, I can do that. And you're like, Oh, okay, so we cannot be that place, you know, that just trains people for the sake of, you know, sweating and noise and vibes and whatever. We have to be that mama's and papa shop that pours love into everything we do. But the best and most important thing is to trigger curiosity in people. So that's why we always go extra in explaining a little bit more about anatomy and talking a little bit about why why angles matter and why you should feel like this and using different analogies. Because to be honest, like my personal mission or my mantra is that when you leave me or any interaction you have with me personally, but if I put PXM here, it's going to be every time you step in PXM, every day you leave, I want you to leave with something. Mm -hmm right? And that, you know, back to the question, right? The science actually is just details around how
0: you move. Yeah. Great. Well, Leah,
2: how about you? (laughs) Similar to Sanad, I was always active as a kid. I was a dancer, not a good one, but a dancer until (laughs) middle school, played softball, got into running, and then got into rugby. It's relevant, but I broke my hand the summer before going to college and decided that rugby wasn't going to be for me. I was uh, studying ceramics and needed my hands to be functioning and not getting broken, but I found myself floundering. So that's where I kind of needed like a community and a team and someone showing me what to do in the gym. It was intimidating to be like a small (laughs) female in a, a space that's kind of dominated by men. So I found the on-campus CrossFit group and was immediately hooked. That energy and the community, and they just made fitness really fun and comfortable and welcoming for everybody. So I did that all through college, and if you fast forward to, I think it was 2017 then, I came to Chicago, and again, was kind of floundering, and it was homework from my therapist one week to go check out a gym. They were like, well, that seems like a a theme that was really important for your mental health back in school, maybe that should be like a piece of what you do here. So I found primary And they're no longer here. They were a a local gym before. And again, it became such an important staple that I started kind of focusing some of my studies. I was um, studying to be a counselor on not just mental health and art therapy, but the way that community... And nutrition could be brought into that. And then at the end of school, things just worked out that PXM had space to sort of start developing the wellness team that sort of grew small. We spent a year of that being like accountability and just nutrition. And then it became kind of what it is now. Yeah. We've got the the whole team working on the non-training aspects.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you've got a, a big team now. You know, I've seen how things have developed over a couple of years and it's really just expanded. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to delve more deeply into the other aspects of health with you. I mean, Sanad, you've already touched on a lot of it, but just from speaking with you both a little bit outside, you know, this podcast, it's been impressive to learn not just ways to improve your own health, but some of the, as we mentioned, the myths uh, or the misconceptions on how we track and measure it. First though, I'll step back for a little bit because we've talked about PXM itself, but we're talking about misconceptions I think CrossFit is a style of fitness that comes with quite a number of misconceptions. It's got kind of a bad
2: reputation. <laughs> yeah. And, and
0: what I'd love to hear is, you know, I've been lucky enough to have some conversations with people who have had, you know, been blunt and had frank conversations with me about what it is and how those misconceptions came to be and how there, uh, those sorts of things are addressed. But I would love to hear from you. Debunk the myth for me, like uh, for our listeners, you know, tell us about CrossFit or as I know sometimes referred to as functional fitness and yeah, debunk those myths for me
2: Should we start by saying what the myths are?
0: (laughs) I mean we can um yeah, so we've done, yeah. And
1: Leah and I, we've done like, you know, we do consultations and, you know, we, we call them free consultations or no no sweat intro. So the way we get people in, right? And the first, I uh, to be honest, the first thing that is, is there's a lot of fear factor, mm-hmm. like a lot of fear mongering to the point that we actually have it part of our report card. Like we actually rank people from one to five of how much the fear factor is present. Yeah, so that's important. And so, right it's, it's, really so
2: because the world is out there showing CrossFit as this like overly intense, go hard or go till you throw up, get hurt. There's yeah. scary it, images out of the highlights, there of
1: it. right? People watch the highlights. They see, you know, rip people. Like you said, like everything that is showcasing CrossFit is just highlights.
0: Mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. f- and, and fitness and fails on Instagram. Fitness oh fails. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and,
1: and, and of course it doesn't matter. What are the common myths? First of all, it's like, it's hard. It's intense, which is not always true. It is intense, right? But anything is intense. Like any game is intense, any sport is intense. Everything has its own intensity and everybody calls like it's high intensity. It's actually pretty relative. It's I was relative just gonna say, to I feel your, like the debunking
2: yeah. of that is that intensity is relative to you and your your starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do the best at PXM is to find your starting point, right? I mean, other myth is uh, injuries, right? And this is so, l- let me debunk this one because this is where I kind of get a little more passionate with uh, on the consultation. And I was like, okay, first thing, unless a bar drops on your knee directly and causes trauma, <laughs> or, which never happened, like I don't even remember, right? Or you, I don't know, you fall from the rings, which has never happened, like in our watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happened maybe, you know, it happens that you slip and everything, but right? But that's because you do some, some crazy excessive stuff. I'm talking just overall, like unless you fall directly in the first week of CrossFit, you're not gonna get injured. What people experience is whatever I would call dysfunction they have. that Nothing is wrong with them, but whatever it wasn't utilized enough, whatever some type of like compensation they have in the body or whatever muscle is doing most of the work, like they have tight neck, tight lower back already, right? They spend so much time sitting or they're deconditioned in many ways. And suddenly, of course, you put them into something, whatever it is, right? Whatever sport you put them, what usually happens is not an injury, like whatever you already had, it was is surfacing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it just shows us what you already was happening It's just this particular moment was almost like, you know, when you put a die, you know, in a, a, like a plumber puts a die to see where the leak is coming from. So mm-hmm. that's technically what happens. Right. That's it's a, a great qu- analogy. Yeah. Yeah, I love I, that. I never heard that. <laughs> but, but, but usually that's how it surfaces up. Right. You put a die and that's the workout. And suddenly my shoulder tweaks. Well, your shoulder was already not being able to support any of that. Now it's surfacing up and people usually like put a block right there. Instead of, remember like how we approach it? We go, oh, okay, this is it, now let's go. Mm -hmm. This is where we go, right? So instead of taking an approach of pushing back, you should be happy because that also it's called kind of like a gift of injury. There's also a book about it, right? The moment you realize that something is wrong, this is where our team comes in. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like CrossFit. CrossFit is a sport. We have a different a modality, philosophy of how we yeah. actually train people. So that's a big myth. I don't know, you have Well, I would one? also
2: add that PXM was the first space I went to that had rules set up. I'm putting quotes on rules, so I guess someone's gonna like punish you if you don't follow them. But <laughs> suggestions, strong Maybe suggestions regulations
0: or, Where yeah.
2: you shouldn't be getting ahead of yourself. I think in CrossFit or in some CrossFit spaces, you immediately learn, and this is my own experience, I learned how to do kipping handstand pushups and kipping pull-ups, but I wasn't very strong. And then I was doing wear and tear to my shoulders and my joints without working on like the integrity of those actual muscles. So we have a rule where you want to get three to five strict movements before you can start kipping and just like little guidelines set up so that people aren't setting their bodies up for failure. I want to get you strong before we teach you all the things that are maybe a little bit more, I don't know, intense on your body. Mm
0: -hmm. And this could happen in any industry with any business that you have places that are maybe a little less dedicated to. The personalized fitness, or they push this method of fitness, but they don't really invest in their clients as much. So, you know, you mentioned you do these consultations and that a part of it is making sure that people are good with these base movements and exercises before you throw them into a class or something. Mm -hmm. So I think clearly that's something that differentiates. I would imagine too people that have had physical fitness journeys, I mean, from what I've seen, I can imagine people are more likely to hurt themselves in a gym doing something by themselves that they didn't know how to do than, than if you've got Fair. a coach right Fair. there being like, Fair. you're doing that wrong. Let's fix that. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Maybe, do you want to talk about the onboarding process? Because I think you've developed like a pretty robust approach to that too.
1: We develop, yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think at another i was back on the same question right um the myths the myths right so we what we got we got the the fear-mongering the high intensity i'm gonna get hurt right i think for most part those are the ones right and it's just too aggressive and some movements are not necessity and i've learned to love movements much more we across it uh, i give the benefit of a doubt of, to every movement me personally. And I like to teach people to give benefit of a doubt to every movement. Why, why do I say that? B- movements are labeled certain way based on ability, right? And I've noticed that people say, but I don't want to do that. And they use literally words like hate, uh, you know, I don't like it. And there's this aversion that comes like towards fitness almost, that is seen as a chore, as an errand. And it's like, and people are going against their will. The big myth here is like, why do I need to do, for example burpees, right? And I always tell them like, well you're I think you're approaching uh, burpees with like one-sided approach, right What is one-sided approach? you're seeing them as this demonized movement that all we all collectively agree uh, agreed upon that is a terrible movement and instead of looking at the bright side of burpees, first of all, you can always let make them less intense. Second of all, there's nothing more functional than going on the ground and coming up. Right, yep. lose that ability. I train. I have a seventy-year, eight-year-old man. Since he he's, he turned seventy-eight yesterday, Oh he's been with. Yeah, I know his birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Jim! Happy birthday, Jim! <laughs> he's been with me for seven and a half years. Right. And I don't necessarily give them burpees, but I give them movements to go on the ground and come off the mm-hmm. ground. So be blessed that you can actually do that movement itself and stop demonizing movement. Yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of application, but we're modern men. Of course, there's not a lot of, there's no trees that we hang on. There's no like uh, flora and fauna that we can thrive from, right? We're modern men. We walk, we barely walk, we sit a lot all day. And of course, like a lot of the movement will not make sense to you, but learn them anyways. So that's kind of my, my advice here.
2: Uh, have you seen those studies that people with stronger legs live longer? Like the correlation between that?
0: No, I haven't. Well, if, you,
2: if you keep your independence and you're still mobile as you're aging, that's like a huge indicator that you'll live longer. Interesting.
1: Just
2: yeah. Do your squats yeah, exactly. and do your burpees. So I need to work on my legs oh, and more. Oh, grip. Yeah. grip, yeah. grip
1: is actually also gripping, like grip strength, that arm
0: strength. Well, and I think yeah. that's the grip strength is interesting because you know, that's the sort of thing where, I mean, I, I have a, a little bit of a, a CrossFit history yeah. as well, but that's something that was brought up and focused on in classes that I had never talked about necessarily with trainers before. And I started rock climbing and I was like, oh man, I'm I'm, my grip is so <laughs> you much have better. Really good grip. Yeah. Um, well, then let me lead that into one other myth I'd love to hear from you about is that the sort of, I feel like there's this propagated idea through social media that I'll be blunt, CrossFit's a cult. You know, Ooh. or that, uh, you know, that there's a very particular type of person that does CrossFit and or even that people do CrossFit because they want to get huge. They, or if they do CrossFit, they're going to get huge. And so I'd love to hear from you in term, But com- I know communities and we'll talk more about this, too. But Leah, I just
2: got so excited because I listened to the sounds like a cult episode of CrossFit <laughs> like last week. Yeah,
1: go
0: ahead.
2: Uh, and a lot of it is so outdated, I will say. But like you just said, the word community, people are kind. of intermixing cult for community Mm -hmm. um and i i don't see necessarily like the bad connotation of having somebody care if you showed up to class like nobody's nagging you or being mean to you but i think people feel visible and cared about and seen and that's why they get so hooked and passionate about that community aspect that like where else are you missed when you don't show up to something on a regular basis i don't think there's a lot of spaces where people feel that much of belonging
0: then people aren't necessarily guilting you for it it's just like i missed you at class the other day and i'm sure
2: some gyms take that to a a different (laughs) level
1: (laughs) i'll tell you an interesting correlation that i i realized a little later we start doing that already hosting is a big value to us you know hosting like and actually evaluating coaches based on how they host their people when they Mm -hmm. come to their house you know what do you do for your guests Right? What do you do? Yeah, you make them feel welcome, like you know, you you welcome them, right? And eventually, like those guests, they went out, oh, let's go Charlie's place again, you know. Like they developed that bond because why? Because you had nice uh, appetizers, you know. You had this like uh, craft <laughs> I do beer, host very well. Yeah, I think, like, uh, <laughs> but just take that uh, meaning cultish, right? No, it's actually uh, technically it's a household. You know, we consider, yeah, of course, there's franchise, there's boutique shops. It feels like empty. There's a lot of like access gym, which means they just sell, I mean, LA Fitness and all of those, right? They sell technically renting equipment, Yeah, right? They rent equipment to you, right? And because we sell coaching, programming, and accountability, of course, we have to have a connection with each member. And in order that retention to be really successful for the member and that accountability and that consistency in coming, they also need to have several other touch points. Mm -hmm. So one is the coach, right? The place in the coach and the other one is actually friends, right? And suddenly they start belonging to a group. And there's multiple groups in a place, but then we bridge all of those with certain events like Friendsgiving and Christmas parties and Mm -hmm. everything, right? And of course it grows in something bigger. It's a small village, right? It's like we have 200 plus people. Now it's a small village. Everybody knows each other, right? So it's nothing like beyond like what people already do. To call it cultish, yeah, some people... Like Leah said, they go a little more passionate into the <laughs> thing, right? They literally buy everything CrossFit. I was going to say, I, we a, are yeah. wearing
2: the same outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They don't skip a bit. But that's also because, you know, of course, with any sport, right? If you're a soccer player, you have clits, right? If you, like, if you buy equipment that suits you, like, because there's a CrossFit equipment and you start to look alike a little bit, right? But I guess back to the hosting thing, you keep people accountable, right? They feel they're part of something bigger. Right, And they want to talk about it a lot. That's it. That's literally what it is. I don't know why we name it cult. I don't know. And the definition is like, you know, fanatics. Cults, get, cults
0: got real yeah. popular. And all yeah. of a sudden yeah. everything is oh a cult. It's funny, I think everyone has these experiences at their gyms where they run into people that they see every day at the same time at the gym. And I'm one of those people where if I go to when I go to the gym, I put my headphones in and I really need to not talk to people because all it does is extend the time of my workout. And it's it's like the community's there and it's nice to see someone and wave hello. But you also just took 20 more minutes out of my out of my time. So I imagine with this sort of thing, you're not wearing headphones when you're when you're doing a class of people and the community is actually there complementing the workout as opposed to slowing it down Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. no my favorite days are when you have to like Almost fight the class to stop talking and stay on the timeline because it's it's just so much energy and I don't know. Yeah, fun. those are the they most enjoyable the classes. Class, yeah.
1: But don't tell anybody. You know, like, because when you see vibes and you're like, Oh my god,
0: this is amazing to watch.
2: You're like, we have but to start this workout in sixty yeah, seconds. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but please do not talk. Yeah. But, but I mean the time limit's pretty great too, in terms of like if you get there at 4 30, you'll be out at five yes, thirty. You have to be. Well, awesome. That's great. And I mean, so, you know, my next question was going to be more about the community aspect. So we already kind of talked about that. But do you find that, I mean, you talk about accountability and obviously everyone has had their, maybe their form of accountability saying something like a friend that said, Hey, did you go to the gym today Mm -hmm. or something like that? But I imagine, or you can tell me if the accountability of these communities actually expands outside of the gym too. I mean, we'll talk, I want to go into talking about the wellness center Mm -hmm. and aspect of of the gym, but it seems like maybe people that are working out together consistently and part of this community have a little more awareness of what their colleagues are going through and can support them in a similar way.
1: I think for a lot of people, what comes to
0: novelty is actually how we onboard people. Mm, like, yeah. that's how we start planting that seed. So onboard, and can you clarify what onboarding is? Yeah, so um, technically when
1: you, you know, as Leah mentioned, so I'm kind of like, I want to connect that and then the accountability aspect and then how that spreads. So people sometimes come in with experience of Global Gym, right? So nobody keeps them accountable. Nobody says, hey, hi, you know, come back, you know. But we take pride in how many people are going to show up a day. We actually around 55% of our members show up daily, mm. right? Now, I'll expand on that question in a, in a second. So fundamentals, or we call it onboard process or on-ramp or elements, Those are that's one month that we created, like a buffer month. So everybody that joins our gym, right, that doesn't have prior CrossFit experience or any group experience, we have to start them with personal training. So what they some for some of them or for most of them is like a fairly new experience of like somebody actually telling them you need to show up. they don't have like prior personal training experience, prior right. group training. So suddenly it's like, "Oh, oh okay, somebody's asking me, actually I need to show up." So we started kind of putting that into their heads from the get-go, right? So first session is booked personal, right? Second is personal, third is personal, and then we have a wellness consultation. So Leah talks about their habits and so on and so forth. We still really putting that into their heads, like keeping accountable, accountable, accountable. We use that word so much, so much. We abuse it almost. But then they start kind of like getting, oh, okay. So somebody's like, wants me to be here. Somebody wants to me to be here. And then you have week two, which is group training, week three, which is. So technically the month is consisted of one week of personal training and touch and three weeks of group training. And within that time, now they're Getting that understanding, okay, so somebody wants me to be here and the accountability grows, 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 grows. That's a culture. Back to your question, right? Why? Because they went through that. They saw the power of accountability. They did, We did that for them in the first month, the second month, the third month. Suddenly they meet somebody, they feel what that did for them and they want to spread it around. Mm-hmm. So I think it's actually huge outside of PXM because people will show up because of their friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it comes, I think that planting the seed of accountability and the power of accountability, not everybody understands that. I actually understood the power of accountability when we train as a group, right? And sometimes, like when we did that PXM Compete class oh, at 7 like, a.m. Oh in the my morning, they are going to text early. me if I don't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, why do I feel like that? Man, I, I mean, I, it's, I, like, I'm the head coach of the place. I feel yeah. like a teenager right now, like I, yeah. because they're going to get mad at me, you know? But no, it wasn't that. We bred so much of that culture that is within us. It's almost integrated part of us. I talk so much about it. And I bet that people have been with us for seven, eight years. They literally think like that.
2: Well, we continue that then through like your regular membership. So you're, you're like kind of in the nest for that first month. And then once you jump out, you're not just on your own to wade through the waters. We have been a, uh, I guess we call it a risk list between yeah. us. Yeah. But if you pop up on our list, it populates if you haven't been in in seven days and you're just getting like an actual personalized nudge from a coach saying, like, We've noticed you haven't been here. Or a lot of times we do no personal things, which will be nice. Like, hey, saw you were traveling and able to kind of check in. And again, with like that visibility and the fact that somebody's noticed that you're not around, I think is really powerful. Yeah. I can't believe how often people are like, is that automated? Nope, that's us actually checking on you.
0: (laughs) Well, and I imagine if you're bringing people in, you're working with them, say people that come in with injuries, which I mean, was my own personal experience that I came into CrossFit after some bad back problems. And, you know, it was the difference between joining a gym and getting a personal trainer separately, which was exorbitantly more expensive than, you know, I was told you go to CrossFit, you have a coach every day, you know, who's always there watching you, but you're familiar with people's challenges or if they've come in with elbow problems or shoulder problems or back problems, which are, you know, obviously a big one in terms of movement, you can adjust for those for each individual person, even if they're in a group class. So it's like yeah I mean I There's yeah. a lot of individualism.
1: Like there's you are, you know, you are technically you're on your own journey, but there's people around you. Yeah. yeah. You know like and I've learned that that that's the thing that in water polo I've learned that the coach was on us if we don't show. Like they literally track attendance in water polo. They literally track attendance. Like they you cannot miss a practice. I had a 98% attendance. <laughs> But
0: That's I never better understood. than my, my college experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but
1: he will get, like the coach legit will get mad. And I till recently understand the power of that. He instilled such a thing in every member that people till this day are like that. Mm-hmm. That accountability, right? I just never knew the word accountability back then, right? But then you take that in my kickboxing days, you're individual. You're actually individual, but you work as a part of a group. So you get into attention to yourself to tweak your you know form or whatever you know, but then you work as part of the group. And now you get into CrossFit, is literally a mix of both, right? It's like you keep the accountability, you keep the group as a whole, but you keep everybody individually like engaged. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah, it's like twelve like people there in for a class
2: them. are going to be doing twelve variations of the same workout. Literally,
1: literally, like you have to be like a great coach if you yeah. want to like maintain.
0: And you mentioned. I just want to like confirm this for our for our listeners. But you have obviously there's the community and the group classes. But it sounds like you all do offer personal training with the coaches as yeah. well. That, yeah. I mean, inside or outside of the actual gym. So I figure that's a good thing for you. You mentioned you have a client who's 78 years old. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just that is something that you also do offer besides the CrossFit classes, too, Mm -hmm. is you are all individual coaches that have your own accessibility with personal training. Mm
2: -hmm. And programming, Um, like remote programming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is very helpful for, I think, a lot of people uh, who don't have this sort of schedule that's available to go to classes but still need someone guiding them along the way I've been notorious for being one of those people that goes into a gym and sort of just goes from machine to machine and I'm like am i I'm just gonna do an exercise and do a thing I hope this is right <laughs> so getting the getting the programming is is very helpful I want to delve more into obviously what we've sort of The focus of this campaign and uh, health and nutrition, and a larger focus on it. But you did mention COVID earlier, and I didn't originally have this written down, but you know, fitness was obviously a huge thing with COVID. We all had that customary mantra of "I I put on the COVID 15 or something like that. And you know, one of the most frustrating things I found was when you at least on Instagram or TikTok, and you had all these people that are like, it's no excuse not to work out. And it's like, well, it's easy to say that when you have, you know, a $200,000 home gym that you can work out in. (laughs) But if you live in a, you know, third floor apartment in Chicago with with no room, you know, that's a little more difficult. How did you work with your clients during COVID to try and, you know, because no gym you just join is going to send you workouts just because you belong to the gym. They're not going to do that. So I'm curious how that community aspect worked during COVID. It was March,
1: right? When they shut us down, ninth mm-hmm. of March, yeah, right?
0: March 15th. March or, I don't know. 9th. I mean, that's the day I stopped going to work. So. No, it was <laughs> Tuesday.
1: It was Tuesday. The mandate uh, dropped. Lamont and I looked at each other. We were at the gym and we just went, uh, all right, man, I'm going to go expand uh, the online platform. Like, we literally went in action. We don't even hesitate. I think we there just, was online
2: yoga the next day, yeah, like the next like, morning. I'm
1: telling you, man, We. it's not that we were ready. We just went we gotta do something about it. So mm-hmm. we moved everything online re- because we already had some online kind of like remote uh, uh, online programming presence, right? Uh, SugarWatt, which is the app that we use, it was like easy to put workouts there, right? And we were expecting that people would start asking questions about pausing, you know, like, but we sent in emails immediately with Ben and Lamont, we immediately start sending emails and the team got notified. So we developed this kind of like a workout schedule like an online presence, we a Zoom where people can tune in and do workouts literally three times a day. Yeah,
2: we we're coaching from our living yeah, like rooms. We we're coaching from our
1: bedrooms, <laughs> and we took that seriously. Like we took uh, every every coach got a roster of people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like through True Coach, they were supposed to like reach out to everybody individually, send them a little homework,
2: sometimes Facetime uh, them, yeah, check in,
1: Facetime them, check in, talk to them via emails. We kept like 150 members like on their toes. Even if they paused, they couldn't let, some people got laid off, some people lost their jobs, right? We told them, don't worry about it. Just stay with us. Just do not stop moving whatever you do this is gonna get worse if you keep like month is easy but two months is worse mm-hmm. and then three months is like you're gone
0: yeah. you can only right. eat so many boxes of mac and cheese before exactly. before it actually exactly. starts to affect yeah. your mental health but you yeah. can
2: you know do an awful lot of air squats yeah. and
1: push ups right.
0: <laughs> we went we had
1: cooking channels oh my gosh we had, we had uh, coffee on we Wednesday mornings we had cosmetics <laughs> like Taylor was teaching coach Taylor was teaching people how to like do makeups and like uh, self care not makeup sorry self care yeah of the face. like skin like, care we, routines. Went, we went overboard but it's not overboard. I don't see it as overboard. We tried to keep, we know what where the power was. It's not even the movement, it was the sometimes the loneliness itself. Yeah. yeah. I feel like and, we really doubled this, down on community. Yeah, we, we knew like that people like might be like, you know, you, you spiral out. <laughs> I don't want to sound like for me, it was like, oh, break. You
0: <laughs> yeah. know, like- no, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, a lot of people have said that yeah, though, yeah You know, we almost had an opportunity to reset and readjust our priorities. Yes. You know, and yes. I think for a lot of people, fitness was a part of that. Yes because they didn't do anything for a few months. A lot of people didn't do anything for a few months and then came out of it and were like, wow, I'm depressed and feel like my body can't yes, do anything. Yes, yes.
2: And we're still getting people in that say that like COVID interrupted their routines and how many years later now they're just oh, now yeah. like reemerging yeah. Oh, yeah. and kind it's of a, trying to find what their routine is going to look like. Yeah. honestly every
1: consultation. Yeah. Like till this day, like, I mean, after what is a couple of years now, mm-hmm. like till this day, it's like, I, I haven't worked out since COVID. I haven't worked out since COVID. Especially like,
2: like some people now work from home and it just interrupted everything. Yeah. We,
1: I think we understood that from the get-go that once you lose momentum, it goes back to that accountability and consistency. Once you lose momentum, you will lose it. Yeah. It, it doesn't take, you know... Long to just drop. I, what, what did it say? Like 15 days to 20 days? Like your habits it's, it's re Yeah, 20 yeah, days or something 20, like that. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. totally
2: blocked out you putting on a cooking show oh, <laughs> <yeah>. from
0: <laughs> your
1: kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> man. And
0: I, it wasn't even a good recipe. Yeah, yeah but I mean, that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> even something like that though was one keep the community connected, give people a project to do yes. something, to, uh, and then you know, I mean, besides just baking bread because you know we were all eating a lot of bread, which yeah. doesn't always help. Um, <laughs> but no, that's great. I mean, you know, I th- that was obviously a huge part of, I think more people recognize how much fitness affects their mental health during that time, time. Yeah. time. Um and then actually, uh, so that's a perfect lead into talking about PXM's wellness center and how that has developed. So just start it out for me. What is the wellness aspect of the of the program encompass?
2: Uh, when I explain that to people in there, like, wellness consultation, if you will, kind of their session four of their onboarding. We say that's kind of all the things that are not training. Mm -hmm. So we get to see you for maybe three, five, I don't know, seven hours a week in the gym, but all the other hours that you're spending doing a whole bunch of other things are definitely impacting your mental health, your physical health, your goals in general. So we try to split that up into sleep, nutrition, stress management, kind of like mobility and recovery, like body work. And hydration are the like we try to make those digestible, break them down. As I grab grab my water bottle, bottle. (laughs) (laughs) I think I do that every single time I name those to a a new member.
0: Real quick, just want to ask those IV hydration powder packs that you can get that everyone's super into now. Are those legit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. liquid IV?
2: Yeah. I think yeah. everybody should be taking electrolytes of some sort, whether it's we have, what do we, what, what are the salt ones called we have at the gym? We have element. Yeah, element's really good. Liquid IV is good. That has scored. I just saw an interesting study that was like one of the best ones for being consumed in a workout because of its sugar content, which mm. I think a lot of people would consider a bad thing, but those carbs are put to use when you're working out, so that was one of the better ones to actually drink when you're
0: in the gym. Good, that's good to know cuz I just bought a big box and it was not cheap and <laughs> no, they're I'm not drinking cheap. them cuz I haven't been drinking enough water, so But they yeah. are good for you. Yeah, good, good. Okay. So in terms of, you know, wellness then it encompassing everything. Well, actually, what were the list them one more time for me? Oh, I know God. you just had to you just <laughs> sleep.
2: Nutrition Sleep, hydration, stress management, and uh, mobility and recovery. Like a massage,
0: like body body work. work, Yeah, Mobility,
2: honestly, going for a walk on your days that you're not in the gym, any sort of movement that's not necessarily training.
0: Can I ask you, just out of my own curiosity, about the sleep aspect of things, too? Because, I mean, I can even just say from my own personal experience, I have a hard time putting my phone down at night and, ah. and, and, you know, I'm still working or something, putting my phone down and I know it's messing with my sleep, but it's, it's hard to get out of that routine. So I'm curious how you approach the sleep aspect of things. Uh,
1: if you remember, in COVID, I had a presentation about sleep. I, I made don't. slides. Yeah. I had okay, a literally, I created a one. presentation. <laughs> I read this book, why we sleep from Matthew Walker. And I honestly, I think that should be in schools. Like it's just such a, you know, there's so many details about any, any category like of, you know, people, including like categories of workers or, you know, I mean, fitness and sleep. Let me give you a little personal experience, right? I sometimes work a lot, you know, and I went 70 years straight with no days off. And at some point I coach every morning class, literally from Monday through Friday, especially in Edgewater. And I was waking up at 4.30 a.m., right? And I was sleep-deprived because I would go in bed really late as, as I couldn't unwind. And my fitness was suffering, like, tremendously. Uh, I couldn't do any gains. I was still training hard, but it's just like, I was like, so I'm going to put my the sleep on the back burner, right? You can't get muscle mass. Uh, you literally, you're breaking your body apart.
2: That's like literally when you recover, you yeah. get all the, like, human growth hormones. There's and- n-
1: You can do all all of the above, you can do stress management and mental, you know, liquid IV, whatever. You can do all of those supplements. If you don't take care of your sleep, right, and sleep hygiene, it's not gonna work. That's simply because your hormones are just like connected to the sleep. And then we understand, you know, we understand people have problems falling asleep. You know, there's insomnia, there's sleep disorders. But honestly, uh, you should do a sleep study you know, if anybody can do a sleep study, my biggest advice is to do a sleep study. Uh, one of my clients is doing it actually next week. They're going to sleep from 10 till 5, and they're going to evaluate their sleeping patterns, like if they have. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, everybody should do it. They're not even that. I don't think they're, maybe, Maybe I, I don't want to jump the gun and say, like, they're not expensive, but I think it's the worth the investment. Yeah. The other thing is definitely what you said, the phone, right? That light needs to go away, but it's not about the light. It's the distraction, right? You you technically you're using your phone as a lullaby, but it's not. It keeps you engaged, right? So I have a rule also in my house, like we don't take phones in the in the in the bedroom, right? Literally, there's no phones in the bedroom. You leave them outside. Now I need alarm sometimes, but I bought literally a like an old timer, like yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, so. so you have a lot of things you can do. Uh, the other thing is that I realize high salt and high carb destroy my sleep. I oh, literally yeah. wake up and I have nightmares. Mm. And every time I eat something salty, like maybe I went out and I ate a burger or, or you know, something really nice and juicy and, but then, you know, it as it digests, I usually wake up around two o'clock. First of all, I'm dehydrated, like I want to mm. drink water, but it's not about that. I actually have nightmares. I literally like dream terribly. I have that uh, with dairy actually. Uh, I was uh, just going to say, yeah, everybody's triggers are yeah, so yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. With and that. you got to know literally your, I, I think you got to know what causes inflammation in your body. First year, you got to know like your gut health and all of that, which is also, I highly advise people to, you know, do that, check their gut health. Would that be like uh, a food sensitivity uh, like test? A food sensitivity, allergy test, but also gut, you're technically testing your feces, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I need to do, but I read a lot about it. <laughs> uh, but you see, like, you know, I will, I have the, all of these little things that i'm telling you that affect sleep. Ah. Uh, so it's like almost like a vicious loop, right? If your sleep is not good then you also your cravings go up. Yep. Yeah. Messes and with uh, your leptin exactly. and ghrelin. Messes and now,
2: with impulse control. There you go. Yeah. Andrew Huberman's sleep toolkit is a really good resource we send to a lot of our new members. Um, you said
0: Andrew Huberman? Yeah, okay. do you follow him at all? No, I was just, I, I, uh, want, our listener, I want our crush. listeners <laughs> to be able to, uh, to check into this stuff too. Uh, so. Yeah,
2: so he has a really good podcast um, breaking down neuroscience topics, but his sleep toolkit and sleep episodes are really good and they're really digestible like talks about screens and light and kind of like the dopamine circuits that are sort of interrupting some of our sleep cycles but then ways to fix them with like light exposure and sometimes timing of meals cold showers all sorts of different things and you could just choose one you don't have to like revamp your entire life but just choosing one thing to focus on like for you taking the screens out or moving meals further away Mm -hmm. sounds like they made a big
1: difference yeah. And when it comes to recoverability, right? Your workouts, you're going to get better at the gym. And 100%. weight loss. We get so weight many people loss, who don't understand how important yeah.
2: sleep is for weight loss.
1: Mm, yeah. And or b- weight gain. loss and muscle gain. Yeah. You know,
0: because it's related to literally testosterone production and all of those things. Yeah. So, can I ask, in terms of talking about the cohesive collection of health and wellness, is there a particular subject, maybe it is sleep or maybe it's nutrition, that you find when you do consultations and you talk with people? they don't realize or recognize how much this particular thing has an effect on their physical health. Does that make sense? Oh, like you talk. I mean, obviously we all know stress messes everything up. We know, you know, Oh my gosh,
2: it's all of them though, because they're so intertwined. Like I would say nutrition, but then to that point, people aren't, are like underestimating how much sleep is impacting their impulse control and their cravings or how much stress is impacting their hormones and making it so they can't lose weight that they're so intertwined. I think it's it's hard to tease them apart too much. I mean, if you,
1: if, man, uh, there is like a, a stigma almost around nutrition. People don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like they put it like, you know, it's like when you ask questions, they're like, they bite their lip.
2: Do you think it's because it's so uh, you tied to our
0: emotions? I
1: think I think because they, 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 uh shaming is a yeah. big one. I was about, they about to feel say, like, you're yeah. ashamed
0: about yeah. what you have been eating and how you've been eating. Yeah, yeah, it's so a far. reminder.
1: It's like, hey, how's your nutrition? I was like, oops. Mm-hmm. Forgot and about they're that like, part. yeah,
0: for that, yeah, like I don't want to talk about it.
1: Almost, <laughs> or like, I think almost a lot like, of
2: people will assume in those consultations, I'm about to tell them that they're what they have to do, and they get kind of defensive. Yeah.
1: Defensive, yeah. No, no, no. And I'm I just usually give them heads things. up. I was like, once you meet with Leah. Right, she's not. You know, she's just gonna check on your habits. We're be just mean to building you. <laughs> like a, Yeah, well, no, we we're building a report card. We, we want to build your profile. There's no commitment to there. You know, there's no advice. you mean, just a conversation. I literally mm-hmm. tell people that because I know what follows. <laughs> talk literally of awareness. Just talk about nutrition. Yeah. Like we. I mean, I personally, I'm I, I'm a foodie. Oh. I'm a big gourmet man. Big gourmet. I like to cook. I like to. Oh, I don't like to be told not to eat certain meals. Mm -hmm. like i don't like food restrictions i actually don't have any no allergies no nothing thank god right but also i realized that i am a really intuitive and i'm talking about me because the only only person i can talk is me right personal experience but i'm a really intuitive eater too because now currently in the last 10 days i don't eat carbs specifically bread but i've learned to give myself breaks in a year then when i come back i come back with vengeance you understand me? Mm-hmm. But but it's okay. That's okay to have. Uh, it's not dieting. It's just literally sometimes you need to do, and I, I encourage people. This is actually my advice to them, right? Apply the rule 70-30. Schedule your pleasures. One of the best things is that I'm going to eat pizza on Friday night, but I don't eat pizza based on impulse. I want pizza now. No, I schedule my dessert I schedule my beer. I schedule my pizza. Delayed gratification is one of the best tools you can have for nutrition. Why? It teaches you discipline. It teaches you a little more on that kind of like, oh, it's coming. I can't wait. And also, to be honest, tastes better. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because once you abuse, right? And also, once you deprive the palate, right, from certain flavors, when they come back, they're literally better. Yeah, yeah. So talk. Talk about it. My brother, I have to mention, he was like, here's an accent a little bit, what's wrong with shame? What's wrong with shame? Shame is good, you know, but not in the sense of like you shame people. It's okay to feel unease about something that went in your body that is not good for you, right? You Mm -hmm. talk about it, you bring awareness, you bring awareness to that and then schedule it. Nobody says quit.
2: Yeah, I think think people immediately, we're gonna tell them, no
1: man, pizza is good. Every single one
2: of our coaches is like, Eating pizza. If you and, want your KitKat, yeah, is good. You want to have just, a good relationship. With
0: yeah. Well, and I think one of the, coming back to like some myths or misconceptions is, is I, maybe just because of the zeitgeist or media that every time I would hear the word nutrition in my mind, I immediately think, okay, that means I have to start meal prepping on Sunday for the entire week. And I have to be buying fresh organic groceries every time. And, and I need to be cooking two or three times a week. And frankly, I'm a person who hates cooking. I hate prepping. I got an Instapot and a yeah. quick chop because I thought it would cut things down, and I still hate doing it's a it. Quick chop. Quick chop. It's the you like take a uh, a vegetable or fruit I mean, or I, something. I, or it has a grate, and yeah. you push the the lid down and it what? cuts it for you really oh, right, yeah. it's, it's awesome uh, i don't want to buy it because i like chopping you know? <laughs> but that's the thing is i don't i don't like prepping and i would buy all these groceries and i would and i'm also the sort of person where if i eat something on monday and tuesday i don't want to eat it on wednesday yeah. thursday yeah. friday yeah. so i i imagine that that's one of the things you are able to work with with people is like you know i'm a person that doesn't she cook will, and she
1: will literally tell you how the approach is she she developed this I'm talking about Leah, by the way. <laughs>
0: uh, uh,
1: Leah, Leah, she opened my eyes on this because that's literally what it is. How is this sustainable to your lifestyle? Because mm-hmm. you cannot just ditch your friends. You cannot change certain routines because you enjoy them. You like that's how you want your life to be, right? So that's why you, there's approach into nutritionals how to make it sustainable and applicable to your actual life. So that's why those little tools that we talked about, like delayed gratification, reserve this for that. I, I mean, she can explain really well. Yeah.
0: Her well own I
2: feel like individualized is a huge piece of that. Individualization and sustainability, but that looks different for everyone. So I'm even thinking you're saying like delayed gratification for someone else that might feel like restriction and cause a binge. So uh, it's, yeah. it really yeah. is about like building a relationship with your coach and having openness. Like you said, you have to like bring the walls down be open to kind of like listening to your body and noticing what kind of triggers are coming up so that you can figure out, oh, I'm somebody who can limit that to Fridays and it feels really good. Or if I give power to that food by saying I can't have it until Friday, I might go nuts and eat like six of them. So everybody's so different. I think that's a huge key of our program. And I also think we've built a cool team that has like, what are we at? Four coaches right now? Four nutrition coaches where everybody has sort of their own specialty so we're able to match that person with the right coach for them and sort of build like oh you've got maybe some disordered eating in your past tracking's not going to be a good idea for you so you're going to take pictures of yourself or you're just going to work on habits that it's it really depends on the person
0: yeah i know in my previous experience and i know i've had nutrition conversations with you before mm-hmm. but you're like uh a- you know, how are you about tracking your calories? I'm like, Leah, I'm not gonna do You're it. Just not going I'm just to not do. gonna yeah. do it. I just no, don't have the honesty time is and important. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even the sort of thing where, you know, I love food too, and I, I love to go out and have nice meals. But for my everyday and during the week, I, I started looking into meal plans mm-hmm. where they could be sent to me and I could just microwave them. And that's fine with me. As long as they taste good enough, that's fine with me to just microwave a meal. But in my mind, for a long time, I thought if I'm doing that, it means it's not nutritious or ah. it means it's not. Or it's even more expensive until you realize all the groceries I'm throwing yep, away are actually right more yeah. expensive. Or I
2: feel like we get a lot of people who put pressure on themselves to, like you said, prep every single thing, or cut up every single vegetable, or just like go the hard way about it instead of buying like the pre-cut option. Or
0: it takes time.
2: Yes, and I think there's shame around almost like calling yourself lazy if you're not making all those things. So we sometimes we'll call that "cooking is canceled" approach, where okay, what are <laughs> <Yes>. the <laughs> what the cleanest ingredients that you can buy like organic chicken sausages they're already cooked you literally just have to heat them up or the lunch meats that don't have all the nitrates and nitrites and like where can we find clean ingredients that are going to take literally i don't know seven minutes to warm something up and put it together that way you can change it every day Mm -hmm. it's not the same meal all day and you're not spending two hours on a sunday having to prep everything
0: yeah. And I saw you work with a local meal delivery company yeah, now, don't you? I do wondering a good yeah. point to my, shout my, out my no, I mean, my own I mean meals. what is it? My, my own meals. My own meals. Great. They're yeah. the really best good. so far. Yeah. yeah. They're, You're can, cool also. Can you give me a little info about them? Just because uh, uh, oh, I, well, yeah, you know, I know they're yeah. local, uh, yeah. which is always nice. We like to support a local yeah. small business too. So
2: they're out, they're located in the suburbs, but they serve anywhere around Chicago. They deliver right to pxm so we're a delivery site although i do think they have like personalized delivery options Mm -hmm. but they deliver on mondays and thursdays so it can be like a twice a week delivery they've got a breakfast a lunch and a dinner menu and then within that everything's really clean everything so far is really balanced i would say like 9.5 out of 10 meals has a vegetable included there have been a couple like breakfast doesn't but they're clean they taste good they're Super flavorful, flavorful, like sometimes too spicy for me, which I feel like (laughs) is unheard of with a meal (laughs) delivery service. And then they even have an option, I think they call them like the Myo Classics. they even have an option where you can put in your own macros. So if you are somebody who's like a bodybuilder or have like a very regimented routine going right now, you can put in your macros and they'll actually match what you specifically need for that meal.
0: Oh, so they've got a couple different options. Interesting.
2: Otherwise the regular menu is like, a, I think they're really filling and they taste good and it rotates every week.
0: Can I ask what, uh, just because I, I've looked into meal plans myself, breakfast. Breakfast seems to be a hard one for, you know, it seems like dinners and lunches are are the go-to for a lot of these meal plans and breakfast is a hard one to manage. And, you know, they'll offer things like, um, like you know, skillets and, and all this, but it's not necessarily the healthiest thing if they're putting yeah. a lot of cheese in it. But uh, I'm, I'm curious if you've had their breakfasts and- and not we only always <laughs> get the pancakes? They're <laughs> 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 like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm only ordering the pancakes. pancakes. But are they thirteen like, pancakes? They're or? simple. Yeah they're, yeah. they're
1: simple. You can tell immediately that that's not your, you know, it's technically the batter probably. They created it. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, um, how do you call that, like, three-ingredient pancake? Yeah. You know, so like, they
2: do- they actually have like a bunch of different flavored pancakes or overnight oats. So they don't have any like egg or more meat based options right now. That's yeah, yeah. their breakfast menu is pretty simple, but they're good. Yeah. The yeah. strawberry pancakes. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: So that's some. if people are curious, they can reach out to you and ask mm-hmm. about yeah, my yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, like sure. M-Y-O. M-Y-O. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. myo meals. Great. I'm glad I asked you about sleep because obviously that's a big one. And I asked, you know, what are the ones people forget about? And you said pretty much everything. But Sinad earlier... You mentioned inflammation, and I have to say that's a word I hear so much, mm-hmm. either in fitness or in medical. And to be frank, I don't really know what it means. I don't. I, I know it means like you know. I think people have a general sense of what inflammation kind of is, and that it's not good necessarily. But in terms of how it affects you, and and related to all your fitness, uh, I'd love to hear more from you about. Inflammation, just because it is one of those things that I feel like I hear all the time and I know is bad, but I don't know why.
1: No, I'm not expert in this field. I'm just gonna emphasize what food can do and you know, alcohol consumption and everything. Stress. Stress. The body literally like in a constant fight mode. And uh it might even cause like a, a kind of like elevated allergic reaction to certain mm-hmm. foods, right? And I you know, I talk from my standpoint, I guess like gluten, in this case, like any processed wheat for me, I get like really achy, right? Like, so I start feeling like joint pain, Uh, maybe like my recovery after a workout, it takes much longer to get there. And I've noticed also lack of minerals, right? Like we mentioned previously, liquid ivy, any type of like uh, (laughs) supplementation of magnesium, sodium, potassium, right? Calcium, the main one that make your muscle move. And when people eat, when we eat a lot and consume a lot of food, just a lot of food, it's like, like volume wise, right? The body just like struggles in processing it, right? But then it's also like, what are you allergic to? Like low key allergic that you eat a lot of, right?
0: Well, you might not even realize and you're, you're might even not even reacting too well. So,
1: so a little advice here, at least what I've tried, eliminate, eliminate one thing and see, are you getting lighter? right are you moving with less pain are your joints less achy everybody knows Th- technically it's you need a contrast right yeah and people don't want to yes. sacrifice that i understand most of us right but you need a contrast the reason like for example now currently i'm not eating processed wheat or bread is because i felt the contrast right um immediately i ditch it like i, I have a little crisis you know mentally i'm suffering i love bread right i come from a country that is just all about that but then like Four or five days later, I I see the contrast, right? Suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm lighter. Like the bloatness is away. Like I recover faster, right? Now, would I ditch bread? Hell no, you know, because, (laughs) but I will find a healthier alternative to bread. Maybe I can make my own sourdough. Maybe that's too much if people don't want to cook. Maybe you can start choosing a little better, you know, like stores where you buy your bread. Maybe you're not going to go for the, you know, the one that has, 700 days of shelf life, you know, you're me like, so that's where I think that's, I'm, I'm a limited understanding of how inflammation is, but I talk right from my experience. And sometimes from my client's experience, when you take one thing out and suddenly it's like, I feel 10 times better. It's not even like a one fold. It's literally tenfold that they almost never go back to it. Yeah. So that's kind of like one thing that it might not be even, everything you eat or the amount that you eat and it just might be one thing that literally throws the whole system off so and sometimes that's why you know working at least once with a nutrition it's just once where you guys like do a little elimination diet or you take things out you put them back in it might change your whole world you might be like thinking that you know all these 10 things are oh i should not eat i don't want to be told that i'm not going to eat this blah, blah blah right But no, it it was only one thing. You're not supposed to eat mushrooms. You know, like, you understand me? Like, it's just that, it's we call, there's a famous quote from Seneca that I like to use a lot for myself to kind of snap back to reality. It says, in imagination, we suffer more than in reality. We assume a lot. So, right? So if that's the case, you kind of like take that out of the equation. You know, like, I think it's a fair approach to work with a nutrition or RD or, you know, a person is going to help you discover more about yourself.
0: I think one of my favorite things I've ever heard Leah say is don't be afraid of red meat and pasta. Ah, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I think I'm, I'm sitting over here thinking about like, okay, cool. You might be somebody who can have bread, but it needs to be with like a meal matrix approach. So yes, have red meat, but can you also have it with a vegetable and with a whole grain and sort of Rounding out meals and taking blood sugar into account, I think, is another good way to think about inflammation.
1: Yeah.
0: I also, I mean, I think just from my own personal experience, especially during and after COVID, one of the things that I thought was that I, 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 my body wasn't feeling well. I wasn't sleeping well. I was getting, I mean, I'm granted, I can't eat a single taco without getting heartburn now because it just happens when you hit hit 30, right? (laughs) Um, But uh I started kind of doing that and testing, should I eating less of this and less of this? And then I had a moment where I realized, this is my anxiety that's screwing up my my digestive system. It's not even necessarily, because I wasn't eating poorly, but it's not even necessarily what I'm eating. And I realized I haven't been hungry or my appetite's off because it's, it's in my head and it's, it's not necessarily what I'm yeah, eating. Yeah,
2: like you said, everybody's in fight or flight, but we're not wired to eat when we're in fight or flight. Right. So it's gonna mess with your ability to digest your food or even have hunger cues. And everybody's so stressed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And and, in all honesty, you know, I'm not proponent of any, like, don't, you know, do keto or do this, do that. Literally, the message is experiment. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been off breakfast. You know, sometimes I have it. Like, it doesn't mean, but I try not when I work especially. I love not having breakfast in the mornings in this year. (laughs) <laughs> like my cognitive sharpness and my my desire to do work is by far on a bigger like on a greater level level right mm-hmm. Why do I say that because I used to eat breakfast and I will eat a big ass breakfast right 10 eggs and 10 eggs, or and, something uh, ten like eggs yeah <laughs> crazy like four bagels you know and then I will get sluggish and slow down which is normal I was like of course it makes sense you fill out your belly with you know, with so much food. But my whole point is like, I experiment a lot. And sometimes like I've done things, you know, when I travel, I'll come back and I do 24 hour fast, right? Why would I do that? Because I'm like, this is my reset. I came back to the country. I'm not gonna eat in the next 24 hours. Uh, So I will like, I have this idea of like, I want to endure it. I want to mentally like go through it. doesn't mean it's right. I'm just saying like with food or training, just in overall, you give it a go. You Mm -hmm. test things out. You you understand them only by experiencing them, right? And with guidance, of course.
2: Yeah. I think kind of going with misconceptions, we get a lot of people say, literally we'll say like there's so much bullshit out there and it's not even that there's misinformation it's just that there are so many right answers and you have to experiment and figure out which one is yours yeah, that, yeah. like keto might work but why and what is the goal and what yeah. is happening kind of under the surface and we do work with a lot of people's doctors and kind of like keep a whole wellness
0: team oh, going cool, if cool. you will yeah yeah Well, I want to, I'll skip ahead to this other question I had, because this is always kind of my favorite and least favorite thing to talk about when it comes to to health, but, uh, it's something, an industry that has continued for decades and decades is the fad fitness in, or the fad diet or nutrition mm-hmm. industry. Whether it's, uh, and they sort of set up calling out specific aspects of food as the enemy, you know, that makes At-
2: you fat, that <laughs>
0: makes you fat. Or uh, Atkins saying, you know, carbs are 100% the enemy, eliminate like all carbs. There's
2: nothing left to eat anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, and I even just remember, and like the, uh, 90s, 2000s, how many people you started seeing just taking the buns off of their burgers and just eating the burger? It was, it was this thing and everyone was like uh, but besides saying you know, this food is the enemy and Leah, I'm very excited to hear from you on this because there's also the measurements of saying like, growing up the only real term I heard in terms of uh, in measurement is like BMI. Mm. Track your BMI. The BMI is your weight and your BMI. That's the important thing. And I'd love to hear from you too, because I know you at PXM have this in-body scan device and sort of works with these measurements. But there are misconceptions about one, certain foods being the enemy, and Mm -hmm. then also how those measurements are considered in mainstream mainstream culture, right?
2: Yeah. So I'm relieved that in... 2023, it seems like people are finally starting to move away from BMI. Okay. Finally, not always, but sometimes I think people are like starting to finally question that. Um, so The BMI, things that we learned
0: in middle school that we found out weren't real. Yeah, yeah. also,
2: why is anyone even talking to a middle schooler about their weight <laughs> instead of all these habits and all these other ways that that could be framed? But BMI is a correlation or like a chart on your, what is it, your age and I don't even know it off the top of my head, your age and your weight. So it doesn't take into account gender. So that's a big missing piece of the research that was done around BMI. Racial differences were super left out. It's just very outdated in the research. But then bone density and muscle mass are completely left out. So I always use Maddie, one of our previous coaches, as the example when I have this conversation with new members. Maddie was like a jacked human being. You probably (laughs) remember her. She's just incredibly muscular, went to her doctor one day and her doctor was so caught up on like completely ignoring all these things that she's trying to actually discuss and only talking about Maddie's weight when Maddie is clearly a healthy body fat percentage. She's like outlifting every man in our gym. And it's like just something that I think our medical field has misused for so long. Mm -hmm. So PXM has an in-body and that's giving you a better scan of your actual body composition takes like these little, I don't really know how it works, six electrodes and puts together a scan of your body. And like the amount of time that it takes that electrode to go through that portion of your body, it's able to tell what it's going through, if that makes sense, like differentiate between fat, muscle, and bone density and water. And then from there, we're able to actually see a better picture of your progress. Your weight might stay the exact same after you joined PXM, but if you're five pounds more skeletal muscle mass muscle and your body fat is down then you're obviously making progress it's just that it's not tied to a scale weight
0: right i mean i think the scale is talk about shame the scale is everyone's worst enemy because you stand on the scale and you see a number and then you think "Well, the number's higher now i'm screwing up i need to eat less and that's not necessarily the case it's
2: so misleading because you might be doing all the right things you're getting stronger you're leaning out you're feeling better and then that scale number gets in your head and makes you feel like you're not doing what you think you're doing
0: so if there was a measurement that you'd say is not maybe the most important but one thing that people are not aware of and is more of a crucial one to learn more about is
2: body fat percentage and skeletal muscle mass and then hand in hand with biofeedback like how are you sleeping how is your energy how's your digestion that we try to talk about both sides of that coin
0: awesome awesome yeah i mean it it's uh, you know, sort of going back to the joke I made about middle school, but, you know, <laughs> we you always had the presidential physical fitness test, and it never really seemed like an appropriate approximation oh of where your health like, and fitness was. How many was. half
2: sit-ups can you do? But don't worry about protein. You don't need to know yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, you know, it's... Um, it's I, I've heard you talk somewhat passionately about the idea of educating, informing and, and setting kids up for a better education in their own fitness because they treat every person in schools if they're the same, you know, they're all the same age. So they're the same body type. So this person being able to do this many push-ups is equal to this many, this person being able to do this many, even if they're.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I might pass that over to you talking about schools with the pierce work.
0: I
1: used to run like a kid's class, right? And we it took the certification and literally they classify kids based on age, right? And um, kids to teens or pre-teens, right? So everybody, and you treat all of them differently just based on the age. But that's valid what you said right now. It's the body type that actually matters, you know, because some people just, some kids are just brutally strong, man. And some <laughs> yeah. people are just like, you know, some kids are just, Brutally skinny and a little more on the flexibility side, right? So wired there's there's kids that yeah, yeah. The don't faster. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, hormones hit differently and all, all of that needs to be taken into account, you know. There's maybe like some underlying things about kids, you know. I in my opinion, like kids should be taught how to move weights, like in a really safely manner, right? They should not be like necessarily ranked by how many push-ups they can do. But they should be educated on what the push up means and why they should own a push-up, right? And at least having several push-ups in their bank should be good for their just overall health, right? So I think it's just we need to structuralize and reorganize everything we say about those performance things, you know, yeah,
2: like, it's like our all that measurements individualizing and individualizing that we're doing. I don't see why with adults, I don't see why it would have to be any different with
0: kids well i know the the reframing that i've heard of it is you know uh, you look at the sheet and it says at your age at 13 you should be able to do 15 push-ups but being able to do five is being is better than (laughs) being able to do zero so and also
1: they butcher some things right it's better to chase a standard right this push-up needs to look like this and it's good to if you you have two of those right instead of like chasing numbers because then kids are just all about the numbers and i've seen kids doing push-ups and i'm like yeah, let's go from the beginning. You're yeah. hurt yourself. Yeah, because I, also- I have 25, which of, you know, you're doing, the form is off or something like that. Yeah, you can literally reinforce, they're in development, and you reinforce different, literally, muscles taking over, not the proper ones, right? So, it's like numbers throw off right. everything, right? right? But numbers are also a good indication of, of progress, too, right? So, you need to play with the numbers. It, it's for adults, too, right? Numbers are not arbitrary, but they they showcase progress but they should not be like just thrown out there you know they need some the context here
2: we might not have to do so much redefining fitness with adults if people weren't putting that type of expectation and standardized approach onto kids yeah, yeah so it yeah. definitely creates like a pass or fail approach to fitness and just a misunderstanding of why they're even doing this in schools
0: um do you work with kids? Like I, I mean, you mentioned you know you have a client who's seventy eight. Do you? Would you? Are you able to work with uh, work with younger kids too?
1: Yeah, I mean, I personally I am certified to work with kids and run kids CrossFit classes. Let's call them like that. Do I work with kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can, I can. You know, um, Lamont actually, you know, the the other co owner uh, of PXM, he loves working with kids, but you know, for lifting. Yeah, so yeah. he actually has two teens now, part of his team, and he has aspirations to grow that team for lifting. Uh, and he, she has uh, Emerson specifically in this case. She has great results. You know, she qualified for the nationals and everything. And I've never seen somebody blossom in, in the confidence. It's just amazing to watch the transformation of a, of mm-hmm. a, of a kid. Uh, Leah worked with uh, Eva in powerlifting, and she had her first meet. Lifter. I promise you, Ten. man. 10, 13. 13 Thirteen. yeah <laughs> I prom- she's strong too. she's strong man and 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 also like the, the way they it's just the way they change
2: well how powerful to tell like a skinny 13 year old girl honestly both these girls yes. are like kind of soft-spoken small little 13 year olds and how cool to show them that they can lift heavy weight and they belong in a gym yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so there there is that do i work with, um, I, I mean, I have a lot on my plate, I guess. That's why I don't <laughs> yeah, think. But, like, but ideally, ideally, yes, man. I think I honestly, and it, this, we got approached uh, by um, several parents from Pierce Elementary about do we have after-school program they were literally like interested in. And also some of them invited us. I think it was Sen, actually. They got a new weight room. Mm-hmm. And they were I've like, it. it's yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. really good. Yeah. Yeah. And literally, uh, uh, sh- uh, I think, I forgot her name now, but... This parent said like her daughter is in Pierce and her, um, her son was start lifting, but he needs a little guidance, right? I even like consider like going in the weight room and maybe run like a couple of courses and help people like, you know, develop good mechanics. I worked with Finn when he was like 15 yeah. and he is a beast now, you know? <laughs> uh You know, he went under Sergio's programming after that, coach Sergio, but my whole point is like I've done some Coaching of kids, and I like empowering kids myself. And I know Leah's done that, and I know she wants to do that. We're open to when that. I say
2: fitness is for everyone, and yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, but I don't even see it as a kid. I say just see a person in development. Actually, to be honest, like people can be thirty, but fitness age, it might be six. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they've never done anything, so it's like it's relative to what. Yeah, I think I, I maybe I give you a long answer, but no, yeah. No, perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, but if a parent wanted to come to you and get some insight on how to get their kids started in some physical fitness, that's something they could do.
1: 100%. Great. I actually, Great. I highly encourage them because it's a really nice, encouraging environment. And we have we have results, meaning we've we've done it. You know, we've done it and we're still doing it. And I think it's, yeah, I highly suggest, yeah.
2: I want to make a plug for Special Olympics with that. If, they're, yes. if that's a group we coach twice a month and individual training with special Olympics is something that we want to keep kind of growing
1: on. Oh, nice. And I
2: think really goes along with the fact that fitness is for everyone. Yeah. 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 And
1: we have adaptive athlete that just like qualify for Wadapalooza. and you know, right. Yeah. It's like I mean, Justin did great. You know, she's under also Lamont's wing. But my, my whole point is like we we're open. We had open. an amputee
2: at one point. Amputee, but we, yeah, we yeah, really right will make space yeah, for yeah.
1: I, I think like, and that's why I love about CrossFit in general. Honestly, that's what probably one number one thing as a sport that is so inclusive. It's so inclusive. Age, that doesn't discriminate against anything. I Like, it, it. it's one of the best things from all sports. They're actually probably one of the most inclusive sports out there. Yeah. And, 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 and I would, I would finish on that note. Honestly, I would highly encourage people to not shy away with any type of like, So then,
0: yeah, I mean, I'll lead into my last question. Then just any recommendations you can offer our listeners, whether they are looking for their own fitness journeys or parents looking for their kids, like what's a good first step? What's a good, I mean, are there, what's a good first step to get started?
1: Everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a mentor. Every coach needs a coach. Don't be alone. Remove the guessing game. It's fine to experiment. Some people are really good at that, like self-learning and stuff like that. But you're just going to accelerate the process if you get a coach. That so doesn't mean you know us in this case. It just means get a coach. Even for a brief amount of time or some type of guidance, anywhere you struggle, get a coach. Save up, invest in yourself. You're doing that for yourself. I cannot stress out. I mean, I've I have a mentor in business. I have, I had a coach. I work now under a coach, and it just, it never stops. I mean, Leah was a nutritionist of mine at some point. You know, it's just I've learned. You learn so much from other people. Ask questions. Uh, uh, don't be afraid to be a beginner. It's frustrating, but it 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 yields results. Everybody needs a coach. That's it. That's my message.
2: And I would say find something you actually like. That if you don't like running don't make that your exercise routine. Oh my routine. gosh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like lifting, we I mean the power of lifting, you should probably be lifting at least a little bit for your aging wall. But try to find something that works that I think CrossFit is so fun because it's always varied and it has that community and it feels like an hour of just moving and fun and kind of takes the chore out of it. Yeah. But if that doesn't fit for you, go find something else. Find something that doesn't feel like a chore.
0: Well and there's I feel like we have that idea of uh, you know, oh it's like the, the worse the food tastes, the healthier it is for yeah. you. Or the more you hate an exercise, the better it is for you. But that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. You know I mean
2: we'll challenge you with like mental toughness and all of that. But if you actually fundamentally hate what you're doing, it's probably not it's a not, sustainable yeah. fit.
1: Find some find strengths first. Yeah. Go by the strength. And that's going to be your north star, your strength. Right? I'm good at lifting. Okay, find a lifting gym. And then you will work on your weaknesses. Yeah. Right? And people like, usually go for the going. weakness. I need cardio. They come with these preconceived notions. Oh, no, I need to do cardio. No, start with lifting. Lifting could be a cardio. Just lift yeah. faster. You yeah. know, like, yeah. so my whole point, like, get in with the strengths. We actually like when people show us what they're good at because that's a good thing tangible point for us and then we can put weaknesses on you and you will work because why? Because the North Star is what you're good at. Not what you're bad at. Right. Like that, that negative connotation is not going to work. Like what are your
0: strengths as opposed to what are your weaknesses? Yes. It's like going in for a job interview and being like, what am I bad at? I yeah. don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, Leah Sanat, thank you so much for joining me today. This thank has been you, phenomenal. Man. A great yeah. first episode for the health and wellness campaign. Yeah.
1: We hope we cover a lot, but thank you for the invitation. Thank exactly. you. Of course. Yeah.
0: And then last, where can people find you? Uh, socials, website, you know, anything in terms of if they want to reach out to PXM and, and talk to you and get some um, advice
1: or well we'll we're literally on like in between edgewater and anderson will like on ridge mm-hmm. we're on 56, ridge and glenwood ridge right in, yes yeah. ridge and glenwood it's uh that beautiful glassy building uh 5757 north ridge technically handles peaks and fitness PXM, like PXM wellness, PXM weightlifting, yeah. PXM, well, PXM, PXM compete. compete. <laughs> you type in PXM, yeah. it'll come PXM. up. PXM. Type PXM, gym near me usually works well. Yeah. But, uh, schedule your free consultation, you know, it's just literally a chat and we'll take over from there. We will, we'll
0: help you in the best way possibly. Great. Um, and any events coming up or anything that, uh, you want to plug?
2: Oh, I don't know which one you're talking about. The, the yoga. The, okay, that's what I was thinking. The, we're having a yoga event on the 7th a 90 minute kind of workshop that'll start with a yoga flow put on by coach Taylor, one of our coaches. And then, uh, we have a meditation coach in the community that's going to take over with sort of like a guided meditation and an intention setting for the new year. It's only $10. <laughs> it's open to the greater community and it's just a nice way to start the year. That's one of my favorite things we put on.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. thank you both so much. Thank this you has so been much, great. Friend.
1: Thank you.